Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caringba. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning. It's nice to be back in the saddle. Having a crack on a Sunday. Trust you've all had a good week, good Easter. It's good to join with you and share a few thoughts with you this morning. I um, want to be remembered as a person that lived an unexpected life. What I mean by that is I want to be known by the fact that I loved too much, that I forgave too well, that I accepted everyone, that I was generous, loving, embracing, empowering. Because what I realize is when I look at the life of Jesus, he lived the unexpected life. So much of what Jesus did was unexpected. His birth in a stable was unexpected. His life, his love, the way he spoke, the miracles he did. He turned water into wine. Unexpected. His death was unexpected. His coming back to life was unexpected. He lived an unexpected life. People didn't expect Jesus to live and do and be and say the things that he did, the way that he lived, the things that he told us to live ourselves like, love your enemies. Unexpected. I wasn't expecting that, Jesus. I was expecting this. The religious leaders were expecting this. And dare I say it, that the minority groups were probably expecting what they've always experienced. And Jesus brought something totally unexpected. He elevated women, for one. Unexpected. So I want to be known as a person that lived an unexpected life. That when people talk about me... They talk about it in the way, I wouldn't have expected that. I wouldn't have expected that kind of generosity. I wouldn't have expected a pastor to be in that place loving those people. I wouldn't have expected you to stand up and speak up for equality. I want to share a couple of thoughts about an unexpected moment in the life of Jesus between when he rose again and before he went to be with the Father. And it's a simple little story, but for me personally, has so much power about who Jesus is, not just was. 
the nature and heart and compassion and vibrancy and love and power of who our God is and in that who he calls us to be. You know, God's word always, to me, gives me encouragement, but it also gives me challenge. And my prayer is that you would get both. (laughs) That you would be highly encouraged but deeply challenged. God, I just thank you for this moment. As we look at an incredible, unexpected moment in your life on the planet. I pray that your spirit would speak to us, would encourage us and challenge us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk about this story. It's in John 21. Dave um, briefly mentioned it last week in his message. And it's the moment where Jesus cooks breakfast for his disciples. I think this is a very unexpected moment. And I can guarantee you that the disciples did not expect it. And I'll just read to you a little bit of that story out of John 21 from verse 9. So just the backdrop is they've already some of them have already seen Jesus. He's already appeared to them. And Simon Peter he's like I don't don't really know what to do with any of this because I'm living in this kind of space of shame at the moment because I denied my Lord quite significantly, denied I even knew he existed. And so I'm going to go back to what I feel worthy to do, and that's fish for fish because I'm obviously not worthy to fish for men anymore. And so he goes back to fishing, back to where it all began. And this is the context of the story. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Unexpected. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. Now, they fished all night and hadn't caught a thing. And then Jesus turns up and he does a miracle. (laughs) I I love that about Jesus. So Simon Peter went abroad and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. They did a count. I'm not a fisher person. Sorry, Dave. Um, And in fact, fishing to me is boring. (laughs) So I know like I'm saying, you know, some pretty out there, unexpected kind of stuff this morning. Um... But yeah, I don't know if it's normal to count your fish, but hey, 153 of them. Whenever I've gone fishing, the count's been really easy, zero or one. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. And this was now the third time that Jesus had revealed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So this passage to me just speaks so deeply about the nature and the love and the compassion and and the empowerment of who Jesus is. And this is, to me, an incredible encouragement. But it's also a challenge. This story 
in a sense, is about Jesus' deliberate and intentional pursuit of Peter. But to me, it correlates to his intentional pursuit of us. Peter was feeling deeply ashamed. He had denied Jesus. Jesus even said it was going to happen, and he still did it. And he was sitting in this place of shame, not really knowing what to do with it, how Jesus was feeling about it. This brash and brave and out there Peter, who said, I will follow you anywhere. Anywhere. Even lay down my life for you. He had denied Jesus three times and was sitting in this place of not knowing what that meant for him. He was wrestling with that. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew where Peter's head was at. It's one of the advantages of being God. He knew that he needed to engage with Peter in some way to change what was going on in his head and to re-empower him so that he could live out his calling. And Peter had gone back to fishing because he no longer felt worthy to follow Jesus. Even after he'd seen Jesus alive, even after he knew how the story had unfolded, even though he knew that Jesus had overcome death, driven by shame to do what he felt he was worthy to do. Go back to fishing. I love how Jesus responds and acts in this story. I mean, I think if there was a time when Jesus could have pulled Peter aside and had a bit of a rant and a rave, this would be it. I don't know how you respond when you get disappointed by somebody or rejected or betrayed or denied. I don't know if my natural response would be to find you and cook you breakfast. Pretty sure that wouldn't be my response. I would at least want to bring it up. I would definitely want to remind you about it. And probably remind you again. And possibly just bring it up one more time. But Jesus doesn't even mention it. He doesn't bring it up. Here's four things I notice about this unexpected moment in the life of Jesus. He came to them. I think that's unexpected. I think that's unexpected today. He didn't send them an invitation to come and meet him. He didn't invite them to something. He didn't ask them to come to church to make an appointment. He simply went where they were. And as the church, that is where we need to be, where they are. And the encouragement to me is that Jesus still does that today. 
I believe Jesus hasn't changed. He still has the same nature and characteristics and love and compassion and empathy and empowerment that he had with his disciples, with us. And so Jesus is constantly moving to where you are. To what you're thinking, to how you're feeling, to what you're dealing with. Jesus is going and moving to where you are. I find again, this is the unexpected Jesus, right? Jesus is ushering in the kingdom of God. In an unexpected way, not through a building or an organization or a structure or a system or a religion, but by going to the people and being with them and serving them and loving them. That is the unexpected kingdom of God. It's what got Jesus killed. He did it and still does it by coming to us, serving us, and simply inviting us to follow him. Follow him. The second thing is he served them. You remember the words that Jesus used. He said, you know, I have come to serve and not to be served. And here is the example of that lived out as Jesus sits on the beach cooking breakfast for his disciples. And I think Jesus was pretty good at everything and I'm pretty sure he'd be a pretty good cook. So I reckon this was a pretty good breakfast. Here he is serving cooking breakfast for the very people that disappointed him, rejected him, and denied him, that ran away when it got too hard. And he's cooking them breakfast. He came to serve, and he's still serving today. He hasn't stopped. He's still serving you. Jesus, Son of God, is still serving you and still serving me. He came to serve and he still comes to serve. It's who he is and it's what he does. The third thing is that he gave them a miracle when they didn't even feel worthy of a meal. You know, I love this about who our God is. This group of fishermen feeling unsure, Peter feeling ashamed, and Jesus comes and gives them this miracle of catch, miracle of food. And maybe there's a lot more to this story about that miracle, but for me, what I wanted to, what I really felt on my heart to bring out in that is that there are so many times in our lives when we don't feel worthy of a miracle. We disqualify ourselves and yet in this moment, Jesus brings a miracle and his presence and his heart and his service 
to people that did not feel worthy to receive it. We disqualify ourselves. Jesus doesn't do that. You know, Jesus was focused on the present, not the past. He was not focused on what had happened. He was focused on what was happening and what could be. And even though Peter in particular, in that moment, felt so unworthy of the grace and love and power of Jesus in and through his life, Jesus brought a miracle. It's a good thing that miracles are not necessarily reliant on how good we are. And miracles take many different shapes and many different forms. From the miraculous to the moment, to the person, to the word, to a truth, to a hug, to a breakthrough. Jesus is at work, even when we don't expect him to be. And the last thing is that he reinstated purpose beyond failure in the life of Peter. He focused on the present and the future, not the past. We are the ones that get stuck in the past. We are the ones that allow our past to dictate who we are and who we become. Not God, not Jesus. Jesus doesn't even bring it up. He doesn't even mention what happened. He speaks into what could be. Wow. I want to be that unexpected in the life I live. He doesn't go back to it. He serves, he loves, he empowers in the most extraordinary, unexpected way that empowers Peter to live out a life of calling and service to the King of Kings. It's not that Jesus wasn't aware of the failure. He was, he knew. It wasn't that he wasn't aware that he was betrayed or denied or ignored or rejected. or He knew. But he also knew what could be. And he also knew who Peter could be. And he also knows who you can be. Your past does not define your future. It does not define your present. It speaks into it. It shapes. And I'm sure Peter's life was shaped by that. It didn't just disappear. But it actually strengthened who he was, not weakened. Because he allowed the presence of God to create that shift in who he was and who he could be. So as I said, this is for me both encouraging and challenging. I'm encouraged that Jesus is the same today 
as he was yesterday and he will be forever. He is the same with you now and he is the same with me. He comes to you, he loves you, he serves you, he empowers you. He comes to where you are at. He focuses on you as the person, not on the problem. He doesn't get stuck in your past because he's too damn excited about your future. But it's also a challenge because the way he lived is the way I want to live. And it's the way I believe he calls us to be and live as followers of Jesus. The unexpected life. To love unexpectedly, to embrace unexpectedly, to forgive unexpectedly, to serve unexpectedly, to include unexpectedly. That we would come to others with that same presence of humility and empowerment. Even to those we don't understand. And there's a lot of people in this world I don't get. People who don't look like us or think like us. Maybe people who even have disappointed us, disagree with us. That we come like Jesus to serve, to listen, to love, to include, to learn from. Because every person, simply because they exist, are worthy of your love. And God's. Let me pray. God, I just thank you that you are unexpected in the way that you love and in the way that you lived. And I pray that we would be encouraged. And I pray that we would be challenged. And whatever it is that you're speaking to us by your spirit in this moment, I pray that your spirit and presence would amplify that voice. That we would hear it above the noise of everything else. If it's the word you are worthy or you are loved or you're okay or your past doesn't define you or I have a plan for your future or whatever the word is that God is speaking to you, I pray that your spirit, Jesus, would amplify that voice so that we would hear what it is that you want to say, that we would be encouraged and that we would be challenged. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.au. Have a good one.